Welcome to another edition of Sideshow Fraser, a podcast about Fraser and one other show from the same broadcast week in TV history. This show is hosted by me, Steve Shackelford, and my good buddy Jordan Wilson here. You should start slicking your hair straight back. Oh, uh, Mighty Ducks D2 style? I think the, so. The Emilio? You're going to be thir- coming on 38 years old. I think it's time, Steve. Slick it way back like Steve Carell in the first season of The Office. I am 25 years old, oh, I can I'm, assure you. Yeah, that's I right. apologize. I look very old for my age. Uh, doctors say I won't make it to 39. It's tough. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, anyway, this week on Sideshow Frasier, we're taking a look at Season 1, Episode 2 of Frasier, titled Space Quest. And our Sideshow of the week is Coach, a Season 6, Episode 2, entitled the belly of the beast Mm. oh goodness i don't think it's about beauty and the beast uh from what i read it's something about luther's dog luther's pup yeah let's jump right into fraser here this one aired on thursday september 23rd 1993 way back when picked up about 27 million viewers uh the pilot episode the previous week had 28.1 so i'm sure kelsey Grammer felt bruised and battered after the numbers went down yeah some of those people dropped off and i would imagine he went into yeah some hysterics about maybe why that is was kelsey Grammer hard to work with was he one of these guys that was notoriously you know like michael bay (laughs) (laughs) i I don't think that i would compare him to bay off the top of my head but i you know i don't know much about kelsey's working like process or his uh bedside manner as it were I would imagine he's pretty okay. Otherwise, he wouldn't keep getting roles. But yeah, you know, I don't know what he's like as a individual human. We should hit him up, see what he's doing right now. Uh, so in this episode, hey, what happened? Basically, Martin and Daphne moved into Fraser's apartment last week, and now Fraser's just trying to get some alone time. He's really, really regretting this whole thing, and he gets into more old angry fights with Marty there. Yeah, I think. It was even the very next day, it seemed like, right? <laughs> that is that is one thing that confused me about this. Because, yeah, it does seem like the very next day. Yeah, because he like, wakes up and, she's, and Daphne's there and he's like, who are you? It, which is also odd because this initial scene takes a turn where his entire morning routine goes off just haywire, basically. <laughs> like, nothing about his morning goes well. He's visibly upset by her having moved in. Eventually, he does devolve into a point where he's like, hey, you know, my morning routine is sacred to me. If we don't have this routine, my listeners will suffer and they count on me. He, he basically says that you, we, you're killing people. And that's what I'm confused about. How long has he had this radio job? Like, it seems like from the first episode, Roz thought he was pretty green. Right. Like he just got there. How many people are legitimately counting on his pop psychiatry experience this early i don't know we we definitely i I, we mentioned it in the last episode i don't think he had a radio show when he was in boston i think it was so it's not like there was loyal listeners that that all of a sudden now are listening to him in seattle or something so you're right i don't know how he has such a following so quickly i wonder if they did big billboards or i said what did you do for like guerrilla marketing or oh there was there had to have been billboards Maybe planes flying big old banners and... I feel like he gets a 
bus later in he the does series. that's on fraser crane day okay. i believe right don't they do fraser crane day i'm sure they do <laughs> uh, i remember fraser crane day i can't remember if that's the same uh, episode as the bus but you might be right there fraser goes through a series of emotions here he gets all kinds of ticked that they read his paper he's got a robe on and i think he mm-hmm. keeps flashing his junk based on the do you think he's wearing boxers that's what i'm confused about i was like certainly he's wearing boxers and not just letting the salami fly right i think he's just yeah i think he's just letting it all hang out daphne makes a comment about it about, yeah about a, some kind six of more ground, weeks of winter <laughs> yeah exactly a weird groundhog day comment we're like oh goodness like i don't even is that a shadow thing i don't even know what to interpret the comment <laughs> as she sees his um you know, little uh, little general there, and then says, "Oh, looks like six more weeks of winter." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Uh, I I don't know what to make of it." So straight away, Daphne has seen Fraser in his element. Better to get that out of the way early, I suppose. Guess so. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with just saying, "Hey, we're going to be working together." I don't want any kind of weird power dynamic. So also, I'm, don't show me your penis. You would imagine that would be on her like lists of, "Hey, I can't take this job if you're." You're gonna just be walking around with your robe open on the right. second day so right. hey maybe she followed back up with hr the next day which i would imagine <laughs> service. is niles yeah exactly <laughs> niles is paying half of it is he hr what does he do this is what we talked about last time we don't know if niles is actually paying for half of the service like for the t- entire duration of her employment or was it just like a couple of bucks here and there yeah, or i, I don't know if they mentioned it on a recurring basis it might have just been the initial one so after he gets mad about the paper being read and all that kind of stuff they pretty much go right to the eddie well where they're like hey let's just have eddie staring at fraser and have him scream at this dog and that's pretty much how they get out of the scene they're like let's just run the dog out there again we really want to market this dog i knew uh, a family growing up that had like a whole house of them uh yep and they like i guess they raised them because they had like their kitchen was like full of jack russell puppies and then they had like you know 15 jack russell terriers there i think there was a spike after frazier and wishbone and a couple other wishbone probably did it i I would say frazier probably was more nationally uh, relevant series i think wishbone might have been kids programming only localized national pbs baby that's not that's not local that's that's national and did wishbone he was the dog that dressed up in costumes right or did mm-hmm. he solve mysteries he, uh, he went through literary he did did he do titanic no no no, no. so it was like it, was not, it wasn't movies it was literature so it was like a isn't book, titanic like based prince on and the a... popper and okay <laughs> titanic based on a book i think so it's not I mean... a work of fiction steve oh my God. <laughs> this didn't no don't how could you how could how could i find out like this all those people those people <laughs> Wait, yeah. you're, you mean to tell me that Jack and Rose, both of them, are just fictional no, characters? No, you're right. I think it was Chaucer. I thought it was a documentary. I think it was Chaucer. Uh, okay. I thought it was Grisham. Uh, maybe it was Grisham. You know, I get Chaucer and Grisham mixed up. I'd see them both in the airport all the time, and I'm like, you know what? Give me a Chaucy Grishy. <laughs> 
<laughs> Next scene we get to in Frasier here, we're back at KACL Studios, and Frasier's trying to set up a show about intrusion. Uh-huh. Really seems to want people to call in about intrusion. And he's like, you know what I'm talking about, people with their stereo too loud. So you kind of get a sense that uh, Frasier may not like any uh, grunge acts or any crazy rock and roll bands that are coming about. It's tough that he lives in Seattle in 93, because that's pretty hard to get away from at that point, I would imagine. We get a call in here. I believe this is Christopher Reeve calling in, or Reeves, I don't know how it's, it's Reeves. Said this. Yeah, Reeves. it is. I looked that up too. He calls in as Leonard here talking about agoraphobia, which I guess means you just stay in your house mm-hmm. all the time. Man, I'm not far off from this. I, I kind say, of enjoy my kind of natural agoraphobic. Yeah, I said, I don't mind that at all. I mean, I, I don't want to not go out, but I would certainly prefer to hang out inside if at all possible. It's hot in Texas. Did the pandemic just kind of hit you like you were like, okay, so just keep kind of doing what I'm doing? I felt like I had a head start. I'd been doing it for years. Yeah. I was all about it. I was like, oh, cool. We will shelter in place and watch documentaries just like I've always been doing. Perfect. Just, <laughs> I have no issue with this. This is super easy. Now my groceries are being delivered to my house. So I guess oh this my is God. <laughs> home delivery. When it really did all start changing, they were like, yeah, you can get booze from anywhere now. Even the restaurants what? you used to go to. Yeah. They're like, yeah, just add on a margarita here. Why don't you? You're like, okay, why don't I add on 12? <laughs> and the next thing you know, I'm just drinking 11 margaritas. And then, you know, that last one just doesn't get drank until the next morning. But I don't sleep. I just feel like I'm passed out the whole time. <laughs> so then you just wake up and you're like, I'm still drunk. I'm going to have this last margarita. And it's the worst day of your life. It's unfortunate. For those listening, that is kind of the exact opposite of how Steve actually is in real life, I think. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> All I do is chug and, uh, you know, go hard yeah. every every Friday real through party Thursday. Animal. Real yeah. party animal. And then I come in here early Friday morning. I cut these Frasier feeds after I relive this Thursday night. And, uh, you know, we see what happens. Yeah, it's a full-time job. Uh, one of the cool parts about this is Frasier teases Bob Bulldog Briscoe and the Gonzo Sports Show which I don't think I knew the full name of the show. I certainly knew Bulldog. It's the Gonzo Sports Show? I didn't catch that one. I never have caught that, I guess. Yeah, is he like a big Hunter S. Thompson guy, or is he just <laughs> using the phrase Gonzo to mean wacky? Wacky. It, this is the first time that Frazier interacts with him on the show, right? It wasn't He wasn't in episode one, so... I don't know if they consider him part of the principal cast. I like, love Bulldog. You see him in some of the initial photos from season one, so you're like, all right, maybe they were like, this Bulldog guy might hit, uh, but then they kind of bailed out. I forget when Bulldog kind of gets phased out. Bulldog brings it, man. He brings that energy. He does. <laughs> he does. That bring dude. the energy and speaking of that so Frazier's trying to just chill in his studio after the show because he's like all right i'm off the air you know listen to bulldog show next i've got a soundproof booth he's got a soundproof booth and so i guess bulldog is cutting his show from a different studio but then he barges into Frazier's studio and says hey man studio c has a transmitter issue and so we get the first bulldog classic bit of the total <laughs> bs which i know you're a big big fan of. i love it yeah when he can't find it where's my, where are my tapes where are my, this is crap 
It's gonna be oh here it is. So, so it's interesting to know they had that from the jump. They were like, we know that this guy has this bit. And Fraser kind of did it with his paper earlier, where he was like, Where's my paper? Who's read my paper? And then it was inside, so it wasn't as comedic. Sure. But, and also part of me wonders, did they have it as a hook? Or did he just not necessarily just do it? They had it written and then people were like, I like that guy, the total BS guy. And so they're like, Oh, maybe that's his catchphrase. And they tried to make him Urkel. And Bulldog's a sports guy, so it's an interesting station format where they go from like pop psychiatry to a hardcore sports show. Uh So you're really counting on listeners to be down with everything Mm. or tune in at specific specific times. times, Because there was no podcast back in the day. You would have had to have recorded it or you just catch it on your ride home, I would imagine, or you're you know, you got the whole family gathered around the radio just waiting for bulldogs. Does Frazier ever mention what his time slot is? I want to say he's afternoons, but, you know, I don't know. He hasn't said it yet. So as a viewer in 1993, I would have no idea. Yeah. But I don't think it's the morning because he's in no rush. Right. Martin makes that comment that Probably morning was guy. two hours ago or something. Mm-hmm. So you'd imagine he woke up at 9, 10. So maybe his show's a 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Where would you put sports? I don't know. Bulldog would probably have to be sometime before the news, which I would feel like would be main drive time, like they're hitting 5 o'clock. You know, if I was better, I think Roz does have a clock up behind her in all of these shots. Oh, to see if they... Well, so if they have continuity with that, then... So I think I've seen it at like 5 o'clock, so maybe he's a 4 to 5 o'clock slot, which is big doings. Good for Frazier. So then you pop on the sports, and then you roll into the news and current events and all that. I would listen to that station all day, because we haven't been introduced to Gil Chesterton, but man, I don't know if he gets a daily or a weekly or what gill gets i don't know it'd be hard because gills is what restaurant he's a he's a good one then fraser moves into the studio here after or sorry the uh production studio because bulldog takes the studio where he's broadcasting from or where he previously broadcasted from and he overhears Roz dishing a little too much about a recent uh sexual encounter mm-hmm. she had and uh, she's dishing pretty good she's getting, dishing good she's yeah. not getting graphic but that's true she's not getting graphic she is she is not holding back to the nature of the events that had transpired and who's she talking to here jordan who'd they reveal that to be they definitely revealed it to be her mother <laughs> hang on one second Steve has to vomit. Uh, Maybe women dish all the time about what I've got going down. Well, she uh, mentions, she says, we're both adults. Of course we talk about it. We're both adults. They have a healthy relationship. I talk to my mother about Frasier. I don't talk to my mother about any of that. Do you talk to your dad about about sex? Dear God, no. Does Frasier talk to his dad about it? He he mentions that Roz might have an unhealthy relationship, but then Roz throws it back on him and and says, well, how's your relationship with your dad? And he he says he never talks to him, really. Yeah. Which is in turn, turn, that's the unhealthy part. I mean, it depends. Depends on what you're trying to get out of the relationship, necessarily, you know? You're fine. Mm. So, yeah, then Frazier uh, has to get out of there, says he's going to go to the park. He says, you know, I'll try to read my book at the park. Under a tree. Next thing we see is a title card with a thunderclap. So, you know, that things probably didn't go well. Frazier's uh, stuck in the rain out there. Yeah. 
And we uh, see it's a, the best laid plans. So you know pretty quick, didn't go well for old Frazier. We see him enter into an empty home. The next thing you know ruined of course and because uh, uh in classic sitcom style the family comes through the door we see daphne and we see martin walk in fraser's plans are are ruined again foiled again it seems like martin daphne and eddie are going to spend a lot of time together that i don't think she is going to be a part-time service worker like they're striking up quite a friendship they're cracking each other up so how's that work she lives there but like you only have to work from like 9 to 12 or something or like that's what it seems like like she's got physical therapy stuff but then they like put the cooking on her or like add that to her list yeah she became like the housekeeper too and marty was cooking for himself at the beginning of the episode he had a giant plate of bacon and he i think made a bird in a nest or something like that so you ever had a bird in a nest yeah i have your dad cook breakfast for you Uh, no (laughs) that's not a thing See, I, th- <laughs> I, think, I don't think he knows how to cook breakfast, man. I think that Frazier really missed an opportunity because his dad was cooking breakfast and being just an all-around good guy. Just wanted to hang out and just be with his son, but Frazier's too much of a giant weirdo for him, right? I mean... How dare you? I think Martin is in his home trying to make himself comfortable more so than spend time So you're on Frazier's side. Frazier. You think he's an imposition? I would say on day two, Martin's going pretty hard on the like, hey man, I made you breakfast. And also, morning was two hours ago. Yeah, like, he goes right into dad mode like Frazier's 12 years old. Correct. Which is like, hey, man, when, when Eddie is staring at him and he's like, dad, he's staring at me again. Like he sounds like he's like. what Frazier sounds like. I mean, I see what Saying, he like yeah. whined about it. He was like, Dad, he's staring at me again. It's true. He did. And Martin, yeah, just came in with dad voice and I think told Eddie to leave him alone or ignore Frazier or something like that or God. vice versa. All jokes aside, the acting is superior in my, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a fucking fantastic show. I'm just saying. By the, the dog? By everybody involved. Okay. Yes. Yep. No, some good acting here. I agree. He Fraser tries to get rid of him. Is going to try to sit down and read this book, even though there's people around. But he tries to send some signals initially, like, "Hey, will you just get the fuck out of here, please? Like, I'm just trying to chill, man, and enjoy my home." But Martin plants it and just kind of like <laughs> stares at Fraser and really just kind of like picks at him, or is like. Thick book, huh? Yeah, that's like one of my favorite Martin scenes. One of the lines he like look leans over, thick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he does it. He's he's like, hey, let's try to get a conversation going about how big your book is. Yeah. Basically, that's the like, first thing he. Like, he asked him what book it was, and he was like, oh, you wouldn't like it, I promise. Yeah, that's probably You'd a good You'd be surprised. Call. Yeah, I mean, potentially, but Frazier <laughs> doesn't want to get into it. He just wants to read the dang book. He's hanging out at his house trying to chill. Unfortunately, it devolves into yet another screaming match between these two. Really not healthy behavior in these first two episodes. A lot of screaming, and I, I think it's the wine. I think Frazier's been drinking wine at the park. I think he's been drinking wine when he got home. I think he's a little sauced, if you tell me. He might he you know he might be uh is there a difference between wine and sherry are they the same thing you're asking the wrong cat i don't purchase any sherry so i've never read the back of sherry i think you drink that in smaller doses but i think it is a type of wine right or liqueur i don't know somebody look up what sherry is i know you can cook with it i know sherry bobbins she was like mary poppins but she was more magical i think 
I think she could like slide up the banister and do all kinds of weird stuff, old Sherry Bobbins. Sorry, that's a different <laughs> way off. <laughs> I have no clue who that is. Unfortunately, yes. Sherry Bobbins is an imaginary person that I made up in my head. <laughs> uh, so one of the things Martin calls Frazier is a hothouse orchid. So enough, he got it, it pretty offended at that, by the way. As he should. If you noticed. Uh, we were like, hey, man, this is all your fault, basically. Like, I'm doing perfectly nothing wrong. I'm I'm just chilling, and you're the little hothouse orchid who can't take this. And you're like, good God. <laughs> like, Martin, maybe this strategy and tactic hasn't worked so far and may not work ever like don't antagonize him so i don't know next scene we're at cafe nervosa here niles enters in the rain we have not seen niles yet what do you think he's been doing just chilling out coming in from the rain jogging jogging in his suit i think he's just been avoiding this whole situation oh he's definitely trying to let the dust settle a little bit yeah he comes in he's like hey order some uh, cafe latte in a real fancy italiano accent here yeah. that i can't even attempt to recreate you got one in you i love that he's like yeah, he's like mille grazie yeah he tells me <laughs> a mille grazie mille grazie yeah you're like oh okay uh, i've never seen him do that before and i don't think the barista or baristo is down with it i'm pretty sure that's the male version of barista it is now he does not look into it it looks like kind of like carrot top and training kind of guy um i mean he looks like a per i didn't look up what actor it is do you think that they go to cafe nervosa because it's got a fancy name yes i think it's right across from the station so i don't know why niles goes there all the time maybe his office is just downtown where the station is and so he just pops in but are we also led to believe that this is right after Frazier just downed that wine and had that fight that he went and goes and gets amped up on some coffee? Or is this like next day kind of thing? I can't recall. Because it is still raining. Well, he used to hang out at a bar. So he's used to day drinking. He's used to just, you know, getting a little sauced up. You said he was drinking in the park under that tree. I do think he was drinking in that park under the tree. You're right. He does have an alcoholic's history. He yeah. hung out at a bar a lot. Maybe we'll uncover some stuff here, kind of deep diving into these episodes. I think you're right. <laughs> so when Niles gets there, they sit down after Niles orders his fancy Italian cafe latte Italiano Supreme. I forget what he says. And Fraser's like, hey, I can't deal with it. I don't want him to live with me. Maybe I'll just get him his own apartment. So they've moved away from, or sorry, him and Daphne. So no longer are they like, let's just put him in an old folks home. They've elevated this a little bit and say, get him an, an entire apartment. Yeah. He gets his own apartment all to himself, basically. And he gets Daphne all to himself. So I'm amazed uh, Niles didn't bite at this because it would remove Frazier from the equation more and he might be able to just pop over there. It's very true. No, Niles is uh, very convincing to Frazier that, hey, man, you wanted to hang out with your old man, dude. You got to do it. Would you move in with your old man right now? Or sorry, let him move in with you. I apologize. There'd be a lot of stuff that would come. My dad comes with a lot of stuff. You know this. He got a chair? He doesn't have a chair, but he has like rogue science kits and like he's like this morning i called him and he was like taking apart this gigantic fan to try and fix it and figure out what's wrong with and it's like probably in the vicinity of 25 years old and him being an engineer he's like no no no, i'm gonna fix this and i was like well what's the you know so no i i mean yes if if necessity 
in like in Frazier and Martin's case, if that was the scenario, then yeah, I would have my dad move in with me. I don't know that he'd like to live at my house though, to be quite honest with you. Well, Jordan, we've got a surprise for you on the line right now <laughs> is your dad calling in. It's saying, like an episode hey, buddy. of Maury now. That's right. He says, I'm bringing that fan over. It's already on its way. It's going to be at your house I've in got 30 six minutes. More. My dad told me today that he has, he and he's had these for like a year now. He keeps saying that he's going to go go take care of it. He has like an entire Crabs. giant bag of undeveloped film from like the, the early 90s. Yeah, and he was, and apparently it's like real hard to get that stuff developed now. He's like, well, they got to send it off to Ohio, and they have the special equipment. And I was like, you can't just go to Walmart and like give them the film, and they'll develop it. They have like a photo processing center there. Oh no, man! He said it's Walmart's all- just full of perverts. You've <laughs> got to send it to like a specific guy who's like, look, we develop film, and we aren't pervy. Because everyone else who sends this old film, it's usually snuff stuff that we have to not report, mm. or it's some weird photos you took with your wife or something like that. That's true. Uh, or some, I would imagine, like... Boudoir photos? Well, yes, plenty of boudoir photos. You, I mean, you dabble in boudoir photos from time to time. Yeah, I've got a camera mount up right here. If you look above you there, about six feet. Oh, that's are, what that is. You are already on camera. That's and yeah, what that is. Uh, I, it's called OnlyFans. I started a few months ago. I'm losing money. I keep having to refund people because I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but apparently it's a lot. This is not the content that they paid for. So. Yeah, exactly. And Frasier fans, uh, I think it's very similar to OnlyFans. I haven't been to that website. I should tell my dad about OnlyFans so he can find some parts to fix his fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. That's the perfect place for it uh, is OnlyFans. I want... What's the uh, I, I probably say, could have told him that. Hey, yeah, Dad, you know, go I, to OnlyFans.com. It's yeah, OnlyFans. So. Right. They've got every part you need. You'll see lots of parts, I assure you. There's parts for days. Whatever part you want. We got to look into set, being able to set up, to be able to call on, you know, like how you can like make a phone call on oh, yeah. a podcast. We should be, we, we'll look into that and get back to you. We're going to buy a phone. And once we do that... Then we'll figure out how to use that phone, and then we will get somebody on that phone. Yeah. Next scene here at Fraser's apartment. This is the title card, clearly written from Martin's kind of language style here, where it says a couple of white guys sitting around talking. We're like, all right, I don't know why we had to veer over into the race lane <laughs> on the intertitle card. Again, but okay, 90, 1993. Yeah, you're like, all right, uh, all good. So Frazier walks in and apologizes. Niles was very convincing, says, hey man, you wanted to do this, just do it. And says he wants to talk. Marty says, I'll give you three minutes because his program's about to come on. What program do you think he was getting down with in 93? Yeah, Matlock guy? Probably a Matlock guy yeah that's a good guess Matlock, she wrote. yeah or i mean he could have been watching something older or the news or he likes cop shows he does right? like cop shows maybe it was cops I mean, oh. cops was hot in 93 i know fox was i think just coming around they were putting out all kinds of crazy stuff they could have made a joke with that they could you know my program's coming on and then play like a you know a theme that everybody knows yeah they would have had to license the cops theme from fox so yeah. that would have been tough for nbc but you're right hurdles yeah, exactly. Maybe it was Blossom. Maybe he was super into Blossom. Yeah. They set a three-minute egg timer and say, all right, 
let's just try talking to each other as normal humans and see if we can not yell or argue at each other for even three minutes here until your program starts. And they make it like five seconds and then they have to cut it off and say like, hey, you can't talk sports. And Martin's, Don't opera. Yeah, and Martin <laughs> counters with... All right, well, you can't talk opera. From there, it gets pretty heavy. Frazier goes deep with him. Yeah, he does. Uh, I, remind me what exactly they they started talking about. So Frazier goes in and says, you know, Dad, long ago, I went out on a ledge and oh, yeah. wouldn't come down. And so I think this is a Cheers reference, right? Is yep. there a Cheers episode? There is a he... Cheers episode. That's that's uh, in, And I'm. it's funny you mentioned that because I didn't make that connection uh yeah there is absolutely a cheers episode where he goes out on the ledge so he that's exactly what he's talking about is when he goes out and it was because no wait we're thinking of are we thinking of a later fraser episode I don't know. We might be. I read that it was a Cheers reference. Okay. A little well, trivia there. Like he slightly references a Cheers episode when he mentions his suicide attempt. So yeah. I'll take that at face value. Probably. I was so. counting on you, man. Well, okay. I'm not like the ultimate Cheers reference here. I know Cheers. I've watched Cheers, but I can't remember every single detail. Uh, we might have to get you a pink slip after this. Uh, <laughs> talk to, uh, yeah. Um, see talk me. To a producer. Yeah, exactly. We're in the talk to a producer on this one see what we can figure out here i thought we were getting a cheers expert uh if i don't have the historical context then i don't know how we can continue forward everybody has to put something on their cv everyone did you say on their cb like their cb radio their cb radio oh man those things were sweet i bet i bet martin crane loved a cb radio oh martin's definitely a cb kind of guy oh, yeah that's what i'm sure he was watching is a trucker show or Chips. I'm sure he was down with Chips. I don't think that was still on in 93, but I bet he was down with California Highway Patrol yeah. system. Anything guys. that, my, yeah, Miami Vice, anything that was that was cop related. So Frazier really reveals himself to Martin and really uh, tries to make himself vulnerable. Martin counters that by telling him that, you know, one time years ago, I was looking at pictures of your mom and you know, I felt something up in my eye and realized, hey, you know what? I can turn my eyelids inside <laughs> out. It's a very hilarious uh, bit of comic relief there. You remember when kids used to do that, though? Yeah, it's the creepiest shit yeah. around. I hated that it's stuff. It's disgusting. Yeah, thank God my kids don't do that crap. I tried before. Yeah, I was going to say, were you a kid who could do it? No, I couldn't do it. I tried to do it, though. I don't know if you have to have special eyelids or something, but there's probably something weird with them. What's with those lizard people? Are those a thing? Is that what they are? Is the Are the eyelid people like uh, a different Rep species? Reptilian, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to talk about it too much. I think uh, I think some people... Their eyes blink horizontally. I don't want to, want to even think about it. But those <laughs> eyelid people, I could never be one of them. Same thing with the double-jointed people. I couldn't like bend my arm weird ways or like crick my thumb back or something like that. You don't that. have any weird malformations and stuff that you can do? You do this... Yeah, that's great for a podcast. I'm touching, I'm touching my thumb to my wrist. Okay, now nobody wants to... That's not even a thing. I mean, I, it's very creepy, of course, but I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you're one of eight You bend people your thumb go, back like that? Dear gosh. I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> what Jordan is doing is bending his thumb back so far that I think it just touched his... Uh, I, I don't even know what it touched there. Yeah, is that double-jointed? I don't know what that is. That's just horrifying. <laughs> anyway, he'll send a picture of it out to each and every one 
one of you, all eight of you. All nine listeners. Marty calls him an egghead, and the conversation ends. They do come around where Martin says, hey, man, this is going to take years to develop. This is not like a three-minute thing or a two-day thing, so let's just stick it out. Because Frazier definitely lays into him and says, hey, I I think, you know, we might need to just call all this off. Sure. And Marty powers through, so he's... Well, he goes into dad mode, and he's saying, you know, saying, don't give up. See your commitment through. (laughs) See your commitment through, Frazier. Yeah. You made me move in this delightful apartment. You allow me to have my delightful chair here. My sweet chair. So you've got to make the effort because it doesn't seem like Martin's making much of an effort. He's like, yeah, my life is going to stay the same. I've got my dog. I've got my chair. I watch my program at my time. And like he went right for that chair as soon as he walked in from walking the dog. I don't (laughs) know what happened to Eddie. Eddie just went back in the other room and Marty just planted it in that chair how much do you think a dog like that costs and i'm talking about the actor man i can get you a dog <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean a jack russell terrier i mean a highly trained dog actor a lot per day i would imagine at least how much do you think that monkey from friends cost too much probably monkeys i think cost a lot more than a dog they're at the top of the yeah. actor chain i would imagine there's lots of dog trainers are out there, there tiers of monkeys like is it if is it more expensive to have a chimpanzee versus like a capuchin monkey Ooh, i would imagine so because the capuchin I think are a little friendlier. So the more mean they are, I would imagine you need a better handler and do you, you get pay, less time. Do you pay extra for a monkey that smokes? Oh, God. I mean, I don't think you've been able to do that since 1968, but mm. I think you pay more for a monkey who has been to space if oh. there's any of those around still because, like, they get it, you know? Yeah. They've got that, like, transcendental thing where they understand what's going on. Right. Like, hey, you know, I've seen the world. It's bigger than this. It's it's not just apes against man. It's I, all of us together, you know? It's a collection. So I think they work well on set. Would he act like he was better than you, though? Oh, yeah. Well, I think they all do. They throw their poop at you. Yeah. You better they think they're better than you mm-hmm. they're just mad that they don't have the thumbs they wish they had thumbs the way we had thumbs monkeys do have thumbs god damn <laughs> I, this can't be right I, I assure you there's no thumbs on monkeys i don't know i thought that was the whole thing they're like the simpsons or something like that i know nothing about we'll biology. look into it we'll look into it i don't think i've passed ninth grade biology and i don't recall i'm making a note of that do monkeys have thumbs right write that down and we're gonna give is it chimpanzees or capuchins i don't know i yeah. mean if they're throwing poop they probably do have thumbs Cap- capuchins now see now you're saying the derogatory things because hey. capuchin that's a derogatory term no that's not true what is it uh kapuki that's even worse oh my gosh i've offended the entire kapuki community and i'm sorry about that please write all your letters to jordan wilson at gmail.com and he will answer every single one of them i assure you so then we get to credits on this one where we finally see Frazier in his storage facility. Which is actually pretty comfortable, I, I think. Like, he's 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 fine down there. He's got a little lamp. I've never had chair. the cage storage facility where it's just the cage where everyone inside can see what Was you've got. Was that just his stuff? Like, so each, it's like everything's caged up. It, it basically looked like a dog pound. Yeah. There? That's what I was like. Is this a dog pound set that they grabbed from somewhere else and just threw some crap in there? Because, you know, it, it works. It works just fine. Does work just fine so that was Frasier season one episode two now we get on to our sideshow here coach this is their sixth season and this is episode two called the belly of the beast this one aired a couple days before Frasier on tuesday september 21st 1993 seems like a strange name 
for an episode for this episode. Well, it doesn't surprise me that they got it wrong. This episode was terrible. Not a great episode of Coach. I definitely thought this was another pregnancy episode yeah. or something where yeah. it's like Belly of the Beast. Belly of the Beast. I mean, I guess i understand why it's called that but basically in this episode luther and coach is this old man who's got this crazy cute dog named quincy and that dog bites this crusty old band leader named niedermeyer i'm pretty <laughs> sure and he leads the marching band he bites niedermeyer and then has to defend the dog in court so i know jordan you went into this like me thinking this was going to be a raucous good time yes and usually whenever luther's dog is makes an appearance on these episodes it's always comical and fun and funny this one was a heck of an episode kind of a tearjerker for a while on, on that one man like yeah. this is <laughs> and i don't think coach as a series was known for this so coach stars craig T. Nelson yeah. as Hayden Fox. Just packed with comedy and, and happy-go-lucky jokes. It's, it's usually physical stuff or some dumb farce. A lot or of dauber. No dauber, and he's played by uh, Bill Fagerbake. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, Mr. Dubinsky. Uh, and then Shelley Fairbairs as Christine. Barely in this episode. You see Christine up at the top mm -hmm. making out with Hayden for some reason because I think they are trying to conceive in this episode. <laughs> Like, or it's just like a weird like runner story. Like they don't mention it again, but she just comes in all hot for Hayden for some reason and indicates that he tried to hook up with her at four in the morning. Or I don't something. know. It's been so long since I've watched Coach. So this is deep into the series. It's yes. season six. And yes. so Niedermeyer and Coach have had an ongoing, what would you call it? Like the, like a rivalry yeah, sort they've of. they've got a feud. The very 90s like jocks, jocks versus, versus nerds. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's the geeky band leader and <laughs> always talks about the budget. Do you know how much budget this costs me? Yeah. And he doesn't do anything to help himself. Like you said, he dresses like the crustiest old marching band leader yeah. there is. Like he doesn't dress like a music guy. Real square, unfortunately. <laughs> so first scene of this one, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of sets. Now that I watch Coach again, it's like they have the main office where Coach Hayden Fox's desk mm -hmm. is. And then they've got this little side office. We start in the main office here where which is like the locker room type feel too. Got a chalkboard in the side office and he addresses the team in there. We start in the main office. That's where Christine walks in, tries to make out with him. Then we move into the side office where we get Luther and his dog. Luther walks in and you see that beautiful Quincy. Yeah, Quincy's a basset hound, which is one of the funniest breeds of dogs for sure. You just got a funny breed of dog, didn't you? I did. I got a little pug. Oh. Men in black dog. Yeah, yeah. I love pugs. Frankie. That was I, the men in black dog. Oh, Oh, I wouldn't Frankie. have known that one. Yeah. Good call. I saw a documentary years and years ago. Frankie goes to Hollywood, and it was all about that dog. Oh my gosh, yeah. I did not know that. He's very famous. Interesting. Or I, it, rest in peace, because I'm I'm pretty sure that dog's not with us any longer. But why they re why <laughs> replaced did you do Frankie? This to us? I didn't want to do this today. Yeah, pugs, basset hounds, mastiffs. Uh, those are funny dogs. Weimaraners? Weimaraners are not funny. Weimaraners are very serious dogs. That's the least funny dog I've ever heard anybody say. I'm sorry. I've made a grave <laughs> error again. First, it was these chimpanzees or 
<laughs> Jack the Ripper last week. I don't know. I'm just going to keep messing things up, and I'm sorry. Yeah, so Luther's dog. What's his name again? I forgot. Quincy. Quincy I never forget right. that. It's, it's just such a funny name. Quincy. It, exactly. And the, and the idea of Luther, who is hilarious, the idea of Luther, and that's his dog. I don't know that Luther is married, or like maybe he's a widow or something. I'm not really sure. I feel like he gets a girlfriend occasionally yeah. in the show, but yeah, I don't There's think probably he's got a girl. There's probably backstory there. Jerry Van Dyke, uh, who is the brother of Dick, Dick Van, Van Dyke. Dyke. And I think they're both long dead at this point. Oh, but, sure. Yeah. yeah uh, Dick Van Dyke, great dude. You know, he's. Uh, I, I don't know how you couldn't be a funny person in the Van Dyke family. I don't know if they do have a boring little brother or something like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, Kevin. Kevin <sighs> just doesn't have it going on. He's man. an accountant. Uh, so Luther kind of sets up, yeah, this dog's been acting weird. Uh, he's acting like uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Heckle is the joke he rolls out there. The, like, the studio right. audience loved that one. Man, the studio audience seemed to love every five seconds of this show, yeah. regardless of if there was a joke delivered or not. Like, can you have canned laughter as a studio audience? I mean, if a show is, because, you know, back then it's like coaches film before a studio audience. Yeah. You know, that's when they used to do that. I think you might still sweeten it, even if you've got a studio audience. So canned there. always means like in the can, like something that you put put in post get yeah, like an audio file that was previously recorded and filled out with better laughter than maybe what you got on the day from your studio audience because maybe you had an over laugher or your audience just all sounded weird or you sure. didn't capture it right so. you know if we used canned laughter on this podcast <laughs> people would probably think it was more funny <laughs> That's when they know when to laugh. Uh, otherwise, you have to just go no winking at all and hope they understand when to laugh. And if that were me, it would be never. This is a very serious podcast about very serious things. Hayden scores points off this band leader. Niedermeyer walks in and he just starts roasting him in front of the whole team. Yeah, he does not take it like like take it easy on this guy. He goes full force with Niedermeyer, which now, of course, the, you know the difference between twenty twenty two and 1993 is that he's probably not going to have that kind of open what would be considered straight up bullying on there it is a weird dynamic that these were the heroes where they're like look at these cool guys yeah. they're just hanging out roasting the nerd here how dare he be a nerd who's into marching band stuff so it is a weird like ABC mainstream broadcast dynamic to teach people because I watched this a ton when I was a kid. Sure. You're like, yeah, that's how people interact. The nerds get nerded up. Sorry, man. You can't help but root for the, you know, what's pretty much the evil guy. <laughs> exactly. You're like, Hayden's the worst here. I mean, Luther means no harm here. Yeah. Next scene we get into, we're back over in the main office. They Big really change. Yeah, exactly. They really cheat a lot of this stuff where it's just like they go to their little stock footage of people at a football game and then you're like yeah they're playing football right now and then the game's over and they're back in the office yeah <laughs> yeah i think at this time it was halftime or something mm. like that so they came back into the locker room the whole team's time. in there right yeah half time and then they, we find out from howard i believe is the dean or something like that he How, walks yeah because he calls him howie hey howie old howie comes in and says hey uh luther's dog bit that band leader right in the crotch out there in the middle of the halftime show 
Seems like the band leader would have seen it coming from a basset hound that got wheeled around in a barrel I was or like about a to wheelbarrow. Say the same thing. That dog is so old, and so I just don't see that happening. But <laughs> yeah, he thing. just ripped right out there on the field and just <laughs> <That's, I'm laughs> took a chunk out of it. I don't understand how this occurred, but either way, the band leader is hopping mad, and he comes in and lets him know, "Hey guys, I'm pressing charges over this stupid thing," and he exits in some very uh, a revealing scenario where it's like i don't know how the dog ripped off the entire back portion of his pants Classic. but cartoonish it, it was a cartoonish ending to this scene here and coach doesn't feel any sympathy at all he's just like okay uh luther give him the dog so we can finish the second half <laughs> he doesn't side with luther or anything like that he's like ah screw it man we'll we'll figure it out after the game we got a we got a game to win he was all in on winning the game there courtroom scene i think this is small claims you ever been to a small claims court yeah i got sued for medical malpractice i should not have tried what that surgery hey i've given butt lifts to people all the time they come over here i stab them with that little thing and then next thing you know bada boom i've got eight dollars your prices are very competitive with mine once they get into the small claims court the dog wasn't in the courtroom right Right? You're right. I don't believe that's the dog something was. that I thought of when I was watching the episode. I was like, they shouldn't have the dog sitting in there, like a little, like, like. I mean, it's so <laughs> goofy. Anyways, you put the dog in a in a suit. I think they were like, we've had enough of this dog. We've had too much dog in the episode already. We don't need to bring him into the courtroom. It's ridiculous. I wonder if there's laws like for kids when they're acting, like <laughs> dog, <laughs> dog laws. Like, yeah, dog laws. You can't work this dog four days in a row. Are you insane? He's got an emotional issue. This will never be approved yeah, by the never, union. Never the dog union is more powerful than any other union in this country. I don't know much about unions. You don't want to mess with the dog, the canine union. One thing I remember is that uh, Luther brought a Frankfurter to court, so maybe the dog was in there because he... uh, No, 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 no. He was just demonstrating. He was saying, hey, here's what happened. It's not my dog's fault. The fault is of this band leader because he was waving that lousy baton around and it looked looked like like a hot dog. (laughs) Yeah, and I always wave this hot dog around for Quincy and so he pulls a Frank out of his jacket pocket which is just incredible like to think about a man planning like all right so if i get on the stand here's what i'm gonna do my defense strategy is i'm gonna pull out this wiener wave it around in the courtroom and see if that works for me he went he went full demonstrative wienering there did he represent himself there was no lawyer there i think you always represent your i mean you can bring a lawyer to small claims court but i think you would end up paying more for the legal fees usually than you would get in the small claim so very true i think it's usually so when your dog's life is at stake i don't think he knew that at this point like he knew charges were being pressed but yeah you're right as the plot progresses we find out that yeah your dog bit somebody and in fact you got him from the pound where he was put because he bit somebody this is a, a a recurring offense he's on the list man they've got his name on the fucking list so his heart sinks when he realizes that they're going to as the judge put it destroy the animal that's right and that judge doesn't look like he's a minnesota judge definitely looks like he was cast to be a small town alabama judge yep. where you're like who that's like they're in minnesota who is this guy he looks very red we'll see here yeah exactly <laughs> he's just like ah, oh, mr van dykes i mean it's just very odd like <laughs> southern kind of like all right i don't know why this guy is in here but he's in here like you mentioned he said to destroy the animal mm-hmm. which doesn't seem like the way a judge would deliver this in 
in small claims court. The animal court. has to be destroyed. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe that's what happens in small claims court. Or maybe this is a criminal offense when a dog bites somebody. I don't know. Is that a criminal charge? And was this him defending himself against the other individual? Could I have no idea. Because there's really not a claim. It's not like he, he sentenced yeah. him to pay a fine. Yeah, and that's the thing. If it's a criminal offense, he'd be arguing against the state, or not the state, but the city that was in charge of it. Not this dude, Niedermeyer. Yeah, I don't know that there's much logic to it, but... And again, we're utilizing no one in this cast. No Dauber, no Hayden, hardly. They're just sitting around, like, doing nothing. No, this is a very uh, a very Jerry Van Dyke episode. My note on the scene, Dauber brings nothing to the table. You're like, God <laughs> dang it, Dauber. You texted me while you were watching it, and you were like, God damn it, Coach, I just need more Dauber. I know, right? So next scene, this is where I think for sure we're getting Dauber, and we're getting Hayden on a wacky break-in. We see... The, and that should have been. Personally, that's what I'm saying. They showed the top window, and uh oh, somebody's breaking into the dog pound. This was one of those episodes where they where they got a bunch of views based off of the promos for the episode. Next week on Coach, (laughs) an emotional episode of Coach. But see, it got you and me for the opposite reasons. We thought this was going to be a hilarious romp. We're like, oh my God, the dog's going to court. Yeah, and this is probably our one episode of Coach that we'll do. So You never know. They ran through 1997, so we've got got the Breakers years. That is one thing. Uh, Some of these series may never repeat themselves. Some, if they go another four years, might have a big seminal episode. We're not going to check out every episode. We just looked at the synopsis of this one Mm -hmm. thought it was going to be great. We like Coach, or we remember it at least. I don't know how much I like it based on this viewing. Yeah, we may revisit it again you never know i'm down they don't have hayden and dauber breaking in it's just freaking luther who jumps down here which makes no sense how the hell is this old man jumping up into this freaking <laughs> tiny window and he did a great job i know he did but it makes no, it's fine it's a tv show i understand then he does basically nothing. He doesn't break him out or anything. You Certainly you would have tried to break that old dog out of there, right? You, you would think. He brings up a good point. He's like, there's no point in breaking you out because they're just going to come looking for you. Which, if there was a, any kind of a criminal offense, then they would have. He <laughs> brings them a whole bunch of food and it turns real somber because he's saying goodbye to his dog who is going to be put down. Over a long period of time, he's mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to hang out with you all night and feed you yeah it was like a six minute monologue scene which by the way i'm pretty sure was probably rather improvised i would imagine they probably shot it a bunch of different times maybe or i don't know but that dog behind him there was a dog behind him in the other cage that that kept begging for food i think craig t just demanded the week off where he was like you know what i don't want to come in during week it said that he did direct that episode oh did it really man i missed the director on Mm -hmm. that good catch craig t nelson was the director well that makes a lot more sense then if he's directing the episode it is tough to be in every scene of an episode you're directing while you're directing i wonder if i wonder how many episodes craig t directed or if they were like all right craig Here's We're gonna your, give you one. Here's your shot. You get the Luther episode. You get the you get the sappy episode. Yeah, maybe that was his thing. Jerker. I gotta go look up Craig T. Nelson's directorial career. See what all he did there. Crazy. Whole bunch of as the world turns. So at the end of this thing, Hayden forces the band leader to come down and watch the execution, like <laughs> as if this is gonna be a public euthanization of this dog. Like yeah. I don't know that they do like, that. Like, like the dog's on death row. 
Like, can you bring, like, the person who sentenced them to death to their death? Like, that seems harsh. The doctor was like, we have a room. We'll take you to this room, and you can come in here if you want. Just because Hayden invited him. Like, Luther had no say in this. He just brought the dude down there, and he's like, all right, Niedermeyer. Did you recognize the, like, vet tech guy that came in? I I didn't look it up, but I could have sworn that was, like, somebody. He did look, now that you mentioned it. He did look like another rando guy from like Saved by the Bell or some show like that. Or Just something. one of those guys that plays, you know, multiple characters. Yeah, exactly. Like the janitor on Scrubs. Bingo. That, like that <laughs> Just type a, of dude. Always in random stuff. The band leader sees the error in his ways when he figures out that this is a dog and there's kind of no reason to do this. Like he's not that big of a danger to society. <laughs> like Luther just has to take better care of him probably. Yeah. That's it. And the dog was very old. Overall, what'd you think of this episode? I mean, it it pulled me in, and I I honestly I watched it with with a lot of there was a lot of emotion because it was just Jerry Van Dyke is an incredible actor. I mean, he really is. He's hilarious. You're you're right. He did a great job selling it and pulling you in towards yeah. the end. You're you're absolutely right. But I was overall disappointed because of the fact that it was lacking a lot of the stuff that I came to love. You know, in my younger days of Coach. Right. That's the thing. You're like, certainly we're going to get crazy dauber hygiene. We didn't see Coach's house. He lives in like this kick-ass yeah. cabin. It, you know that? Good point. Maybe that's another thing about the directing. They were like, no, we're going to keep it small for yeah. Craig T because he doesn't know what he's doing. We're going to do apologies. it on location. There's no way Craig T could handle three cameras. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he had three cameras and all that. He was definitely cutting between three cameras. But I don't think, yeah. I guess for some reason they're like, no, Christine's never here. Hayden's never at home. We're not showing Luther's home. We're showing the dog pound set. We built that thing for you. Or we borrowed it from Frazier's storage unit. And we got you the courtroom set. So those are your three sets. You got the side office, main office. Hang out there. Go hang out at these two other rando locations yeah. or sets. I like that the I like that the the Niedermann Meyer had like ultimate power and he was like bring him bring back the dog and then all he demanded was show me some damn respect basically and then he leans into the like well you guys are always treating me so mean and stuff like that just wants to be friends he's like yeah Niedermeyer that's because you're such a butt you're a little wiener that they like messing with and that's where I'm like damn it it's not nice but I understand (laughs) why why Hayden does it he makes it so easy to do it to him it's not nice but the comedy is there I I know poor Niedermeyer I don't think he's married. He looks like he's beaten down by life, old Niedermeyer. And then the end of the episode, they do show Christine because it's like this hardcore sex scene between Hayden and, and Christine. Did you catch that? Man, you might have been watching the unrated version. Give me that. I, I don't know that I made it through the final credits. What the happened? The dog was there too. It oh was, my yeah, God. Yeah, it Holy was. God. So overall, it was thrilling. But you had to stay through. It was after the credits. It was like an extra like add-on scene. And there was no house set there? Where were they getting it down? The little office. Oh, my set. gosh. Yeah. Man, I don't remember that one bit. I certainly don't remember that from when I was in 1993 being a little eight-year-old kid. But mm. maybe it made an impact, and I don't even know it. 
All right, some other crazy pop culture randomness from this week. That Dazed and Confused oh, came hell out this yeah. week. Yeah. How many times have you seen that movie? Well, uh, probably a hundred. I remember at least two or three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Very great film. McConaughey's first on-screen role. He'll Was it really his. McConaughey's first on-screen role? Oh, God, yeah. He'll tell you that story on every freaking talk show he's ever on. Huh. He's like, yeah, I was just a guy being a bartender somewhere, and somebody liked the way I talked. And I think he was trying to be an actor as well, but he didn't audition for a role in it. And right. He was just seen while they were making it. and Living in Austin? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that movie like religiously. I have not picked it back up in a couple of years, so no telling if it you know still connects the same way. But drinking underage will always resonate with me. How oh, could it not? Absolutely. Another movie that came out, The Good Son, which was the scary Macaulay Culkin movie, right? Yeah, that was Macaulay, right? I think so. Wasn't his brother? Didn't he murder some people? Was he the bad? He was the bad one. Yeah. Yeah, because it was Macaulay Culkin and uh, was it Frodo? Was it Frodo? I think it might have been. I know nothing about Lord of the Rings, but I do know who Frodo is. Uh Uh-huh. I think it was Frodo and Macaulay Culkin. I fell asleep during Lord of the Rings and somebody poured butter on me one time. You did. I was there. I remember that. I'm pretty sure Jordan poured butter on me when I was there. Was that the the same time? We got kicked out for somebody lighting up a cigarette. Well, that could be anywhere at any time. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, feel good all the time. You ever take a smooth drag? one of these babies the good son ended up at the very end spoiler alert for those that have not watched the good son where the mother had to make one heck of a decision what's your take on that decision and what was that decision steve i think she pushed her kid off a cliff she or something totally right she did damn that's pretty hardcore she no definitely I like did. my kids i don't know what that kid did in that movie well but he was possessed like trying to kill people he was a murderer yeah so that was macaulay's attempt at showing off his more hardcore you know serious threat side other movie was thunder in paradise which i think featured hulk hogan and a boat that was essentially the premise of the movie was hey hulk hogan driving a boat and i think i thought it was pretty cool when i was eight and now i don't know anything else about it i've seen a movie called thunder in paradise but it was not with hulk hogan oh gross all right next week coming up on sideshow frazier we're of course going to look at frazier season one episode three i think it's entitled dinner at eight that's the restaurant one that's the referencing there and we'll also look at the pilot for grace under fire so i guess they went a little late but i definitely remember when this uh, pilot aired it was a big deal i did not watch grace under fire that i can recall i did i enjoyed it quite a bit so next week yeah we'll take a look at another episode of frasier and grace under fire the pilot check back next week are you ready for some Yeah.